Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. And thank you, Brother Edwards. Good morning. Praise the Lord, everybody. Let's make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Come on, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. You, you may be seated. I'm going to read a, sort of a larger portion of Scripture. And so we're going to read today from the book of Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, reading with verse 24. And uh, today we're going to talk about boundaries. Everybody say boundaries. Amen. So thankful that you, you are here. And... Uh, Hopefully everybody's looking forward to Thanksgiving just around the corner. That's my favorite holiday. And uh, who is in the building, Thanksgiving's your favorite holiday? Would you raise your hand? How many of you love, love Christmas? Yeah, that's around the corner. And uh, so, so thankful uh, for that. I do want to say that on, on Christmas Eve, we are having a, about a one-hour service at 10 a.m. And there will not be a 10 a.m. and 11 a.m. And it's going to be a candlelight, and also it will be a, a communion uh, service. And so please make plans to come and be here. I understand if you're traveling out of town. If you have family in town, say, come with us. All right? And that's what you do. Say, come with us. It won't be that long of a service. If they decide not to come, you say, I'll be back. It's not going to be a long service. And so be here. We believe it's going to be our largest attended service since Easter. And so please make plans to be here. Can everybody say amen? amen? Let's get into the word. The book of Ephesians chapter 4, reading with verse 24, and it says, And that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. This is talking about being converted, a becoming righteous, being holy. I'm very glad God changed you. Wherefore, putting away lying. He said, you put that away. We don't lie any longer. Speaking every man truth with his neighbor. For we are members one of another. He said, be ye angry and what? Be ye angry and sin not. And it goes on and says, um, let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Neither give place to the devil. Let him that stole steal no more but rather let him labor working with his hands the thing which is good that he may have to give to him that needeth. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath, and anger, and clamor, and evil speaking. What? What does it say? Be put away from you with all malice, and be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. I'd like to talk to you today simply about boundaries. Everybody say boundaries. In the scripture, I had... Had it in, in my notes somehow. I, I removed it from my notes, I think. Let me check here. 
And, uh, but in the Old Testament, there was a law. It was, it was in, the, in the law, it was laws of separation. And uh, in that law, there was a law that said, talked about, you shouldn't eat too much honey. You know what that means? Just because you can eat the whole pie doesn't mean you need to eat the whole pie. Look at your neighbor and say, just because you can doesn't mean you should. And I just said that before Thanksgiving. That's almost an abomination in the house of God. And uh, it, says, it says, do not eat too much honey. It's not good for you. It's saying that you can't have honey. It's just saying you can't have too much honey. And uh, if you eat too much of it, it's not going to be good for you. You're not going to respond well. In that same type of teaching, it talked about you shouldn't plant diverse seeds. It's talking about limitations. And it, it goes on and teaches and things like that a woman should not wear that which pertaineth to a man. Neither should a man put on a woman's garment. It's, it's, it's talking about uh, uh, gender distinction. It goes on that you shouldn't plow an ox with an ass or an ox with a donkey. Why? They have two different strides. It's, it's not equally yoked. And, and so you shouldn't put those together. In the teaching of this, he goes on and makes this statement. And he says that if you build a house and you have a roof on your house... You need to put a battlement around that so there will be no blood on your hands if someone falls off your roof. What he was saying was, if you have a house, you need to put boundaries on that house. There needs to be limitations. There should be a wall around the roof of your house so no one will fall. When you are looking in building, you will find that it is required by law that if you have a, a, a ledge, you have something, you have to have a wall so many feet high. You will walk into the foyer and look at the loft. It, that is built to code. You can't have something just that tall or down here. you got to have it where somebody's not going to tilt over and fall over. You'll see the railing around that. Why? Not just because we don't want to get sued, because we don't want people to get hurt. We don't want people to fall. There is a, a law of scripture. There's also a law of building code that says you have to have fences up. You've got to have boundaries up so you do not fall. I realize we are living in a Christian culture that says we need no walls, that we need no laws. I've even had them to say we don't even need to teach doctrine. You just need to teach love. But could I tell you in the scripture, he said, let no corrupt communication. Be, he, said, he said, be angry, sin not. There's a, there's a bunch of limitations in Christianity that says I can't go that far. I'm not, I'm not going to be that. I'm not saying that. Can I tell you, there's some things we don't listen to. There are some things we don't look at. There are some conversations we do not have. How many know that? There are some places we do not go. There are some things we do not do. The Bible says straight is a gate and narrow is the way that leads to life. Boundaries are not bondage. Boundaries are directional to the great things of God. It, it's not holding me in. It's keeping things out. Come on, when it's raining, aren't you glad you've got a roof? When the wind's blowing, aren't you glad you've got walls? 
It's not keeping you in. You can walk out anytime you want. But aren't you glad the rain's not coming in, the wind's not coming in, the cold's not coming in? It's all because we have boundaries. I submit to you in this teaching this morning, boundaries aren't just important. They are essential. We've got to have them in our lives. We've got to have them in our heart. We've got to have them in our spirit. We've got to have them in our marriage. We've got to have them with our children. Come on, we've got to have boundaries. We've got to have boundaries. Another word for boundaries would be holiness. Somebody shout holiness. Holiness is not just an attitude. In the middle of holiness, if you spell it out, you will find lines is in the middle of holiness. There are lines that are drawn. that says, I'm not going beyond this. I'm not going to do this. God gives us grace and wisdom to have boundaries. Somebody shout amen. You can't live, you can't live for God with this just, just whatever happens, happens. I remember being a chaplain at the juvenile jail and uh, they, they, would, they would constantly make statements like, we're going to die somehow. We're going to have to die miserable. Oh, just just, just going to be free. Whatever sounds fun, I'm going to do it. The devil looked at Jesus in Matthew chapter 4 and he said, cast yourself down off the cliff. Let the angels take charge of you. He was quoting scripture. But if the son, uh, the son of man would fall, that the angels would, would, would take charge of him, that he would not dash his foot against the stone, meaning that the angels weren't going to let him fall. God's protecting him. God's hands are upon him. Are you with me? And he turned around and he spoke to the devil. He said, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Oh, God's going to take care of me. You look at these people, when I went out, when I went out to the Grand Canyon, one of my friends told me, he said, you're going to the Grand Canyon? I said, yeah. He said, better be careful. He gave me some statistic of how many people die at the Grand Canyon every year. And uh, he said, you're taking your kids there? I am. Man, I immediately start thinking of Finn, you know. He's curious. And uh, went out there and I started studying the Grand Canyon, started looking at truly the statistics of the people that die there because of selfies. And seeing how close they can get to the edge. And, and one couple that traveled the world, and they would have pictures from all over. They, 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 they found them 600 feet below. Both the couple fell. You know why? Because they were living on the edge. They were, they were, they were, how close can we get? How good of a selfie can we get? It's amazing how many people are trying to die by seeing how close they can get to the edge. Could I say Christianity should never be that way? I'm not going to see how close I can get to the edge and still make it to heaven. Oh, no. Salvation is too important to me. My life with him, eternity is too important to me. So, pastor, if you will, don't preach a doctrine that puts me so close to the edge that it jeopardizes my eternity. No, you preach a line that keeps me safe. Come on, mom and dad, you preach a line that keeps them safe. We're gonna, we're not gonna, we're gonna build boundaries that protect us from falling and failing. You need to be thankful for a church that preaches holiness, for a church that's in the Word of God, because boundaries are essential to your eternity. It's not bondage. It's safety. Can you clap your hands and shout unto the Lord today for he is good. He, he is good. Somebody say amen. And so when you begin to study, you will find that there are boundaries that are here. 
He says in Ephesians chapter 4, everybody say, put a, put a fence up. Don't cross that line. And uh, in Ephesians chapter 4, he said in verse 30, I read it earlier. He said, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed into the day of redemption. He talks about God sealing us and God's hand upon us and God is with us. But being sealed to the day of redemption is not permission to go be non-Christian. Come on, it's taught as a doctrine. Once saved, always saved. Just because you were saved yesterday does not mean you're going to be saved tomorrow if you don't live the right life. There's verses like, let the words of my mouth, let the meditations of my heart be acceptable. Is it possible to not be accepted? The whole doctrine of we're accepting him. The question is, does he accept you? He can. He will. How? He said, he said, if ye abide in me and my word abides in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done. You've got to be abiding in him. He's got, his word has to be abiding in you. Why do we go to church? Because I need, need to hear from the shepherd. I need to hear the word of the Lord. Psalms 119, I've hid thy word in my heart that I might not sin against thee. This whole doctrine of grace nowadays has been taken out of context. The grace that God just overlooks your sin. He overlooks what you're doing. It's, it's, it's I love Jesus, but I cuss a little. That's the new Christianity. And when, when, when revival came to North America, these people removed the words that have any thoughts, any similarity of unholy talk. They wouldn't use words like gosh. Did you know that? Why? Because it sounded like you might be trying to use the name of the Lord in vain like God. Oh my God. They would, they would even remove words because they felt like in their words they shouldn't say something that would hinder the things of God. He said in verse 29, my, I came to teach but I feel like preaching. He said, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. I don't want to say something that if somebody heard me, it would cause them to question my relationship with God. Just because culture has accepted it does not mean I need to allow it in my life. He said, but that which is good, that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearer. Can I say to every mother, every father, every, every parent, every grandparent, every husband, every wife, Every young person, when I speak, does it edify or does it hurt? He said, you've got to have boundaries in your life. Psalms 141 and 3, let's look and see what it says. This is the teaching of the word of the Lord. Look what it says in Psalms 141 and 3. It says, set a watch, O Lord, before my mouth. Keep the door of my lips. Everybody say, I need a watchman at my mouth. You want the watchman saying? You better not say that. No, 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 no. It comes to your mind. It surfaces from somewhere. But what am I going to do? I'm going to shut my mouth. Look at your neighbor and say, sometimes you need to shut your mouth. See, you can come to the anchor and say, shut your mouth. Amen. Do you realize 
your eternity would have been different if Jesus would have opened up his mouth. I went to a youth rally one time, and Brother George Scott, he preached to the young people. You need to keep your mouth shut. He talked about he went before his shearers dumb. The power of the spoken word. You are snared by the words of your mouth. Just because you can say it doesn't mean you should say it. And make an excuse because your dad said it and your mother said it. And that's, that's just how your family always said it. Well, they were wrong. You've got to get biblical. You've got to change your desires and wants to match what Christ's desires and wants are. That is why we're Christians. We are acting like him, not like them. Somebody say amen. Matthew 12 and 36, one of the most fearful scriptures of the, in my own world. One of the most fearful scriptures of all of the scripture, I think, is Matthew 12 and 36. But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. That's concerning to me. For by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. If God judged you on what you say, what would the judgment look like? What is coming out of your mouth? I'm saying to you today in teaching, it matters what you say. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. Jesus taught us, he said, from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. If you watch the news, you're going to talk about it. How many know that? If you listen to the radio, that's what you're going to talk about. Hey, have you heard? I heard today. That's going to be your first promptness when you get around to somebody that have, you, you, you know. and You're going to talk about what got in your heart. How did it get in your heart? Because what gets in your heart will come out of your mouth. Hang out with somebody just a little while and you will find out what their passions are, what they like, what they think about. Can I say to you, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. He is what he talks about. He is what he thinks about. That, or she, or he, that's what she thinks about, that's what she talks about, that's who she is. You cannot separate the heart from the person. You have to change the person. And how do you change the person? By putting in the heart what's supposed to be in the heart. Whatsoever is holy. Whatsoever is pure. Whatsoever is honest. Amen. Virtue. Think on these things. Look at your neighbor and say, you need to control what you're thinking about. Man, let this settle in. Can I ask you a question? What are you thinking about? What are, you, what, what, are you, what are you thinking about? What's your mind on? You go watch HGTV, you're going to think about house projects. HGTV was the curse to every man. Oh, this looks simple. We could do this. Yeah. $10,000 and seven months later. What you see is what you want. It's the law of commercialization. Used to be in subliminal, they learned this. They could throw, they don't do it now, it's illegal, but they would throw something in those thousands in, in, a, in a movie where the 
tens of thousands of, of moving, moving pictures. They could throw something in there that your mind, your mind caught, but you subconsciously caught, but you didn't know. All of a sudden, you want a Coke. You want a cheeseburger because the mind picked it up. And what goes to the eye gets in the desires of your heart. The world knows it. The world knows it. It laces almost everything with stuff that causes you to be not what God wants you to be. So, Pastor, what do I do? He, he said it strongly. He sound, said it strongly in Mark 9. He said in verse 47, And if thy eye offend thee, pluck it out. It is better for thee to enter into the kingdom of God with one eye than having two eyes to be cast into hell fire. That's an extreme case. You're looking at stuff you shouldn't be looking at, pluck your eye out. That's what Jesus said. I didn't say it. He said it. I mean, my land. Come to church next Sunday. We know you got an issue. He, he's, not, he's not telling you. He's not telling you to literally pluck your eye out. You know what he's saying? Remove the things. Remove the window. Remove what you're looking at. You, 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 you will go to hell because of what you look at. That's what he said. He said it's a place where the worm dieth not. I can't believe pastor preaches against that. I remember when I first came, I uh, was setting boundaries about watching movies, and I said you, you shouldn't watch anything past PG-13. And, uh, and now, now <laughs> I'm not so sure you should watch, be watching anything. Well, can I get a witness from real people in the building? Well, it was just a documentary where they had all kinds of stuffs in it and laced in it and your mind thinking about it in the next two days and, and if you're not careful and you're not careful, you'll watch stuff that you when you go to pray, that's all you can see. Am I right or am I wrong? Well, I'm an adult now. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, that justifies it. That 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 justifies it. And uh, if, if, Jesus, if Jesus couldn't sit and watch it with you, you shouldn't be watching it. Oh, pastor, you don't trust us? Not at all. You know why? Because you're flesh. You're a flesh. He didn't nail the devil to the cross. He nailed flesh to the cross. It was you that should have been nailed to that cross because of your hands and your feet. Feet and hands and the mischief. How many know? And the eyes and all of the things, the sin. You can't trust yourself. Listen, pastor, what do I do? Don't trust your flesh. The heart is desperately wicked above all things. Who can know it? You'll be deceived by your own heart. Ecclesiastes, let me, let me read this today to you. Hallelujah. Pastor, why are you preaching this? I'm going to tell you why I'm preaching this. I read it last night from 2 Thessalonians talking about when that wicked one shall surface. Talking about the son of perdition, Satan, the one after the working of Satan. You know what the Bible says? That the mouth of God through his word would consume the works of the enemy. Can I tell you the power of preaching the word of God will consume the influence of the antichrist in your life? Give me a preacher that will preach the word. It will consume every demonic spirit against my family. Come on, pastor, preach the word. You didn't come here to hear a sermonette. You came here to hear the word of the Lord for the hour that you're living in. How many want truth to be preached unto you? Clap your hands and shout hallelujah. 
Ecclesiastes chapter 11 and verse 9. I, I didn't give them in my notes, but I'm going to have them throw this up here. The book of Ecclesiastes chapter 11 and verse 9. I say to our young people, I say to these that are in the room, I say to everybody, it says this way, Rejoice, O young man, in thy youth. Let thy heart cheer thee in the days of thy youth. Walk in the ways of thine heart and in the sight of thine eyes. But know thou that for all these things God will bring thee into judgment. Therefore, he said, remove sorrow from thy heart and put away evil from thy flesh. For childhood and youth are vanity. You know what he was saying? Go ahead and do what you want to do. Live the way you want to live. Just, just, just walk in the desires of your heart and whatever your eye looks and finds satisfying. Go after it. Go ahead and go. He said, just remember, God's going to bring you into judgment for every single thing you do. He said that to the young man. He said that to the youth. Can I say it doesn't change it at all for the adult either. You can go ahead and watch it. You can go ahead and go there. You can go ahead and click on it. You can go ahead and have conversations with somebody that, that's outside of your relationship, outside of your marriage. You can move in that direction, but you hear me. God will bring you into judgment. God has expectations of the believer. His expectations are for you to be righteous, which is fancy for doing the right thing. He said, be ye holy as I am holy. Separate yourself from the unclean thing as I have separated. Can I preach to you on a Sunday morning? He's given you grace to be holy. He's given you grace to be righteous. He's given you grace to be pure. He's given you grace to have boundaries in your life. Woo! Somebody shout glory. It matters what you do. It matters the conversations that you have. Just because you can talk about it doesn't mean you should talk about it. You can, I've, I've tried to practice in my own life because when you're talking to somebody, you have all kinds of thoughts that come through and subjects you can talk about. Am I right? I mean, you're engaged in a conversation. They can say something that sparks a thought and you can either speak about it or not. I've learned, not, not talking about I'm not preaching about gossip or anything like that. That's not what I'm talking about. But you can give a conversation that changes the entire atmosphere of the moment. How many know that? You can have a great conversation. You ever had that person? It's good. And they drop some information and it just plummeted the entire joy in the room. How many know what I'm talking about? Was it necessary? wasn't needed, but because it was on their heart, bless their sweetheart, they had, they had to mention it. What it did, it pulled all the air out of the room. Why? Lack of wisdom. I would call it emotional or uh, social intelligence. You got to raise your IQ and realize just because I can talk about it doesn't mean I should talk about it. And uh, for all the Facebookers in the room, you can't process that much emotion and that much prayer request. Am I right or wrong? You, your, your body, your spirit is only given a certain amount of emotion. You can only worry about so many things. How many know it's true? And now, and it's getting so quiet here because you think I'm preaching to your neighbor. I'm preaching to you. Amen. 
The emotion, you've only given so much emotion. You can only worry so much. You can, you can only have so much concern about, and, and now you have access to the entire world. Mom, do you remember my grandmother recorded the news? And Do you remember that? I loved my grandmother, but man, I would talk to her, and she, I was just a boy. She'd talk about the plane wrecks in Zimbabwe or something. And because she, she was concerned, she'd be so concerned, and she was a sweet, wonderful person. But I remember thinking, I, I, I don't want to talk about Zimbabwe. But if you listen to the news, guess what you're going to do? I'm not telling you to stay out of the news. I'm saying that you ought to have a boundary and limitation on it because it'll consume your life. I would, have, I would have the news on every day when I get in my car on XM radio and I was driving down the road one day and I was listening to that and the Lord spoke to me. I'm telling you, I don't say that casually. The Lord said, said if you listen to this every day, you're either going to believe their report or mine. You know what I did? I hit the off button. And I stopped letting that be what was on the constant in my truck because I need to get up and not listen to what the news is saying. I need to get up and listen to what his word is saying. I got to set some boundaries. Come on, we've got to set some boundaries. The boundary of the ear. What am I listening to? Do you know that when they would get up every single morning, there was manna that fell from heaven, and when they would walk out of their tent in the morning, when the dew would live, there was, there was little wafers that tasted like honey that was around the ground, and every morning they would gather angels' food. The Bible calls it Psalm 78. Angels' food. They would gather it, make bread out of it. It gave them the strength to get on their journey. Do you know that every single day that you get up, there's a manna from heaven waiting on you to gather? There's manna from heaven every single day you get up. Can I ask you, when you get up, what are you looking at? What are you listening to? What's starting your day? How you start your day determines how you end your day. I don't want to start it in the negative. I want to start it with the joy of the Lord. I want to start it with strength from God. Is there anybody in the building here is what I'm preaching today? I want to start in the blessings of God. Come on, clap your hands and shout to the Lord. Amen, amen, amen. And when you have boundaries, you, you've got to control. You've got to control. How many's ever been out of balance with what I'm talking about? I think everybody here at some point or another. You ever cried till you can't cry anymore? Yeah. And I, I say this to everybody in here. He, he goes on and, and says in, in Ephesians, let's turn back there. He, he, he goes on in his teaching. He, he makes this statement. Uh, I, I will say to you that when you stop being obedient to the word of God, when God brings you from Faith to faith and revelation to revelation. Everybody just stare a step with me. Everybody say faith to faith. Revelation to revelation. When God brings you to these truths, amen, and you get to a point you start rejecting truths, you will go in reverse order and one by one will lay truth down until you become what you were before you came to the Lord. I've seen it over and over again. You go from faith to faith, revelation to revelation, growing in grace and knowledge of truth. But when you get to a point that you disobey, you start laying things down. He teaches us right here. He says, verse 24, he said, or verse 23, let's look ahead. It says, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. I mean, oh, sometimes we, we've got to have our personal revival. 
all we like sheep have gone astray and the pastor puts out the shepherd puts out and says oh no come on back you need to be here you, you need to don't talk like that we don't act like that we don't go there that's what a shepherd does how many know that that's what his word does that's what the Holy Spirit does there's more to the Holy Ghost and speaking in tongues it's the spirit of truth that leads and guides you into all truth how many know it's the God how many of you ever went to say something and all of a sudden how many of you ever went to watch something and how many of you ever listened to something and you something within what is that that's, that's God's spirit don't ever override that Bishop Ferris always taught never override your convictions you ever, you ever went to do something, but you overrode it because you knew people you trusted did it? I'm, I'm the only hand up in the building. When I started traveling, I started seeing our diverse convictions among Christians. And it troubled me so. Some of the conversations that were had, and I thought, well, maybe I'm too strict. But you know what I learned? Don't. God gives you convictions for a reason. Convictions are boundaries. It's the watchman at the mouth. It's the watchman at the ear. It's the watchman at the eye. Job said, I've made a... Are y'all with me today? I've made a covenant with my eyes. Not looking. Sorry, I'm not talking about that. And just because it's funny doesn't mean you need to speak it. Just because it's funny doesn't mean you need to share it. Is it holy? Does it edify? You can have fun. I love good jokes. But is it, is it pleasing to the Lord? You don't have to be serious all the time, but you do have to be holy. Man, while I'm on it, just because you're on vacation is not an excuse to be non-Christian. We're on vacation. You got your two-piece bikini out? I'm telling you. And, and, and uh, oh man, I'm meddling now, but it's truth. At, at what point did vacations become a place you could be immodest? Oh, Lord, help me. I'm up here all by myself. No, I'm not. I'm among holy people. I'm among holy people. And the world is filled. The world is filled with diversity of Christianity. And just because I'm on vacation, just because it's almost an excuse to, to do things that are not holy and not righteous and not pure, could I say to you somewhere in your life, you've got to realize everywhere I go, His eye is upon me. My, I feel a call to repentance right now in this room. I don't step outside of morality. I never step outside of holy. You don't have to be spiritual all the time, but we are required by God's word to be holy all the time. I am separated from, I am separated. Oh, come on, clap your hands and magnify the Lord. I feel something moving in this church right now. I'm supposed to be a holy man. You're supposed to be a holy woman. Somebody shout glory. And every now and then, we need a personal revival to get in our spirit that says, I've wandered away. I've, I've got too far away from, from the line. I've got too far away from what God wants me to be. Oh, Jesus, we love you, God. Amen. You can be seated for a moment. He goes on and he says, everybody shout boundaries. Not wearing that. I'm not saying that. That's not coming out of my mouth. Whether I'm mad or not. Listen, you can be down and outers too. 
Mom, you're here, so we talk about Debbie Downers. I'm sorry that was ever attached to your name because you've never been. But we get a, I don't know if God loves me. Quit. He does. His word says so. Amen. Quit, quit. I don't know if this is, I don't know if God, I don't know. Quit speaking doubt and start speaking faith. Everybody take your hand right now. Are you ready? Take your hand out and say doubt. What do you do when you have doubt? You turn it upside down and just speak faith. You can turn it upside down. You might be feeling this way, but oh no, God is for me. God's going to work it out. You need to start speaking life and not death. God's going to make a way where there is no way. You can praise him anyhow, the song says. I'll shout hallelujah anyhow. Come on. I'm the head and not the tail. Above and not beneath. I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. I wish somebody would jump to your feet, clap your hands, and shout hallelujah. I'm going to praise him. I'm going to praise him. What comes out of my mouth is going to edify. Look at your neighbor and say, I need you to speak life into me. Somebody shout glory. glory. Amen. Remain standing around the building. I want you to understand the power of a boundary is you are setting boundaries. I will not say. I will not speak. I will not see. I will not hear. Amen. I, I, I don't care how culturally accepted it is. Everybody hold up two fingers. There's only two kingdoms in the world. The kingdom of God and the kingdom of the world. There's only two. He said, love not the world. Oh, pastor, I love baseball. You should like it, not love it. We should love the kingdom. We should love our family. We should love the Lord, but we can get passionate over things that do not matter. Our heart should be toward the things of God. You can have a personal revival. Can I ask you a question? What are you in love with today? And I, I hear this old statement in Scripture. This old statement in Scripture. I, I, I've dealt with emotion already, so I'm not going to go there. But uh, I hear this statement in Scripture. When... When Uriah was sent to the lions and was shot, and they come back to tell David that Uriah was dead. They said, what if he says to us, it's an old war statement, why went you nigh the wall? Why did you get so close to the border? Why did you get so close? And the Bible says that that old warrior, he got so close to the wall that he wasn't shot by a spear, he wasn't shot by an arrow, wasn't stabbed with a sword. A woman grabbed a piece of a stone and dropped it off the wall and hit him in the head. And while he's dying, he told the man that was beside him, he said, kill me with a spear so it will not be said that I died by, without a sword, a spear, I died by, the, by a woman. Are you hearing me? And the statement was, why went ye nigh the wall? I'm okay, God's for me. I can watch it, I've got the Holy Ghost. I could talk about that. I'm okay. I'm an adult now. I've been in church for 20 years. You, you've got rights now. You've got tenure. Oh, no. It doesn't matter if you're one week or 50 years into this. Boundaries are boundaries. I'm going to tell you why I'm here. Boundaries. Not just the goodness of God. His word set boundaries in my life. Parents taught me boundaries. My pastor taught me boundaries. I'm going to tell you why people aren't here today. Boundary issues. 
Oh, yeah. Boundary issues. And when people fall, you can guarantee they got too close to the wall. Why? Went you down the wall. The Bible says that he that diggeth the pit shall fall into it. Another verse says that he that parteth the head shall be bitten by the serpent. You know what it's saying? If you get too close to the edge, you're going you're gonna to be attacked. Don't remove the fence. That's where the enemy's at. He's at the fence. He's at the edge. I have never in all my life, I've seen many people do this number. They, they, they're, at the, they're at the line. They're at the line between the world and the church. The world and the kingdom of God. And they live here. That's where they live. At this point, of almost 20 years of being in Zanesville, I've never seen one person fall in the church. Every person that ever got on the edge always fell to the world. What are you doing, Pastor? Lord, take me back to the old landmark. Well, I'm making new commitments. Help me find a brand new start. Help me find my direction. Place a burden in my heart. Somebody shout, Lord, take me back. Where are you at today? Are you, are you, are you somewhere here? Or are you living your life for God here? Barely showed up today. Barely made it. Not sure that I'd say it's the most dangerous place to be. It was when your boundaries are so close to the edge that you can be hit by the world. I don't want to fall, do you? Let's lift our hands and God, I don't want to lose my soul. Come on, what are your boundaries of modesty? Your boundaries of entertainment? Your boundaries of conversation? Your boundaries of dating? Your boundaries of morality? Come on, lift up your voice right now. God is moving. I want to be holy. I want to be righteous. <laughs> Come on, there's conviction in here. You're a great person. You just got too close to the edge. You trusted your flesh too much and it was a mistake. Lord, I want to be holy. I want to be holy. I want to be holy. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. I, I, I will say this within 30 seconds. And we're going to pray. and You do not have to go get your kids today. From They're going to be a part of the veteran service. And so you can linger in here and pray if you want. But he made this statement. He said, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice and be ye kind one to another. Could I say if there's probably seen more people backside over this than any other thing. Is offense. Don't dabble with offense. It's like, it's like playing with poison. Get it out of your spirit. I'm not holding any op toward anybody. I'm not thinking negative nobody. I'm just not going to. Why? I'm going to be kind. I'm going to have a sweet demeanor. I'm going to let sweet waters come out of my soul. How many know you can lay it down at an altar? I'm not going to deal with anger and bitterness and offense. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm not playing with poison. Somebody called it haterade one time. I think it's probably a lot of truth in that. I'm going to lay under the altar and I'm going to let him fill me with his Holy Spirit. 
I'm going to drink from the fresh waters of the well. Would you lift your hands again and say, God, I don't want anything in me that's not righteous. I'm not going to let something somebody did to me keep me from being what God wants me to be. Oh, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen, 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 amen. Praise the name of the Lord. We're going to turn this sanctuary. It's going to be a prayer room. And uh, I think it would be great if we recommitted and say, God, I want holiness in my life. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.